I used to go by this music store every day, Art Cabrera. I was staying there all day to closing time. He asked me a question, why do you come in every day to closing time? I said, well, sir, if I had an instrument, I could work. If I could work, I could make a living. That's the organist, Dr. Lonnie Smith. And the instrument he found that day in the music store was the Hammond B3. He developed his own idiosyncratic style on the imposing organ, with musical tastes that ranged from jazz standards to funk to the rock of Jimi Hendrix and Beck. This is Jazz Stories. I'm Andrew Rosenblum. I sat down with Smith between sets at a 2009 gig at Yoshi San Francisco, where he reflected on his life in jazz, the nature of funk, and why he turned down a chance to join forces with the godfather of soul, James Brown. I, I used to hear organ in the church and things, but I didn't know that I was going to play organ at all. My brothers played, one of them played drums, one of them played bass, one of them played guitar. I was a vocalist. So we would go play and they would have fun. And myself, I'd be sitting out there until time to go up and sing. And they were having too much fun all the time. So if I'd go somewhere and they had a keyboard or something, I'd jump on it regardless. Couldn't play it, I could play it, didn't matter. I used to go by this music store every day, Art Cabrera. He had a music store and I was staying there all day to closing time. He asked me a question, son, can I ask you a question? Why do you come in every day to closing time? I said, well, sir, if I had an instrument, I could work. If I could work, I could make a living. One day I went in there, he closed the place up and took me in the back where he had a house and there was a brand new B3. Now what do I know about a B3? You see? And I got that, I didn't even know how to turn it on. So I did that, I took it out of there. He said, if you can get this out of here, it's yours. I got it out. So it was great, you know. And uh, I had a friend that come over and he's gonna show me how it worked. And he started playing it. This works this and this works this and he started playing. Oh, he just had a ball. Then he said, I'll see you later. <laughs> so I still didn't know how to work it. So I got a friend from church and he showed me how to, the stops and things worked, so that was it. And about a year later, I was making records. In the early 1960s, Smith was gigging around his hometown of Buffalo when he caught the ear of organ legend Jack McDuff, who had a young guitar prodigy named George Benson in his band. And that's when Smith and Benson started jamming together. George and I, we had two songs and we were we took off for the city and started playing. Right away, companies started hearing about us. And John Hammond came, used to come by every night, and he signed us up, Columbia Records. And then, when Lou Donaldson did his record, he said he needed someone, so they said, we know just who to get. They called George Benson and myself. The music was so good, the record made a Big smash. So Duke Pearson called me, he says, I think they want you over here at Blue Note. You see, I was shocked because 
Bluno was like the label. I didn't act like I was shocked, but inside I was like blowing up. But I was trying to be cool, you know. So I said, oh, okay, all right. I'm used to, I grew up like, until it really happens, I don't get too excited. Because anything could go wrong. I don't want to be hurt or let down. With hit albums like Think and Move Your Hand, Smith became a soul jazz star. But he has also always played standards, rock, and blues. To Smith, his sounds are simply music. Well, funk is something that they name like they do everything else, jazz, or they name this acid jazz, or they name it boogaloo, or they name it... Uh, they just come up with all kinds of things. We don't know anything about that. We just play the music. In other words, we didn't give it that name. We were just playing it. So... Uh, as far as it sounded, played it funky, it's funky music, that's funky, you know. That was like a saying, it's funky, oh man, that's funky. So uh, when you're playing that kind of music, funk or something like that, it's stinking, it's happy, it's happy music, you know. It's, but, but on the other hand, jazz used to be uh, uh, like that also. He used to dance to the music. I used to go in the clubs and play, and my goodness, they would, I didn't care what I played. If I played straight ahead, up tempos, slow, anything I played, uh, people danced off of it. That's what they did. I once had the uh, privilege of interviewing George Clinton and asked him a similar uh, question. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. And he, he said that he thought it was from basically people playing, you know, what was named rhythm and blues in the 50s. Rhythm, that's, well, that's what it was. That's what it was, but... Uh, as time went on, because rhythm and blues was was people like um, Lou Richard and and people like that, you know. Uh, and the thing about it, if you listen to some of those old songs, even like uh, somebody like uh, Frankie Lyman or something, if you you notice it says he would say, "I'll always love you," and swung. See, it had that swing. That's why people could dance to it. Because my love is true. You see? And closer. And young people loving it, you know. When people like uh, Little Richard and, and all of them came out, it started changing with that uh, rhythm and blues, rock and roll. They call it rock and roll. And it keep changing. And James Brown. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he came out with us. You couldn't stop, but you had to dance. I don't care about your past. And then all his moves went right with the music and the whole bit. Because you could not make a mistake. He would find you 50, about 50 bucks, and you didn't make but 50 bucks. You know, he, you know, he used to come and try to get George and I to play with him. George Benson. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. He's come by all the time and sit in on the organ, but he wouldn't let me get up because he didn't really play the organ like full or He played a little bit, tickled a little bit. He loved the organ.
On the advice of a manager, Smith and Benson turned down the chance to play in Brown's band. Instead, they played on Lou Donaldson's smash Alligator Boogaloo record. And then both Smith and Benson launched highly successful solo careers. Today, Smith is the established mentor figure. He stresses that jazz is self-expression, not just raw technique. Uh, you know, you have to play life. You, you can play, you can learn all the technique and, and things. You have to have a little of that, but you have to play life. In other words, it's like you go to the airport and uh, they say, well, we're not flying out this evening. You say, but I have to get there tonight. So what do you do? You have to come up with something. You either get a car, you go back home and relax and don't play that day, or you can get another flight. You have to be creative. And, uh, and that's what uh, fellas have to do, uh, play life. And then you can't go wrong. Organist Dr. Lonnie Smith, reflecting on his career. You can hear more, including our Jazz at Lincoln Center performances by Dr. Lonnie Smith at jalc.org, where you will also find information on upcoming events, tours, and dozens more of these Jazz Stories podcasts. We invite you to support the institution that produces so much jazz and come see our shows in New York or at the New Dizzy's Club in Dubai. This episode of Jazz Stories was produced at Murray Street by me with David Gorin, Alexa Lim, and Stephen Rath. Special thanks to Anna Levine and Yoshi San Francisco. For Jazz Stories, I'm Andrew Rosenblum. <laughs>